Hello, this is Rabbi Mark Soloway. Welcome to A Dash of Drush, weekly reflections on our world through the lens of Torah. The other day, a picture showed up on Facebook, not that I'm really on Facebook, but a picture showed up that really reminded me of the past. Back in the day when I had a 1977 orange VW camper van and after graduating university uh, me and some friends formed a band and drove around Europe busking on the streets and some incredibly happy memories but what I what I really remembered about having a VW camper van was that it was a constant reminder of the journey being more important than the destination because you could never be in a hurry <laughs> driving along a an old air-cooled engine it was pretty reliable but it was slow and also just having um, a vehicle that was also a mini home just uh, enabled this, you know, feeling of just being on the road and stopping when I wanted to stop and resting when I wanted to rest and not really focused so much on the on the destination. It's kind of almost a cliche, this idea of focusing on the journey rather than the destination, but I think it's I think it's very real and there's some some real wisdom in it. At the beginning of um, this week's Torah portion, Va'et uh, Hanan, in the book of Deuteronomy, we have this extraordinary moment, painful moment, very painful moment actually, where Moshe, the, the leader who has been leading this people on this 40-year journey through the wilderness, is telling, is telling the people, reminding them of, of the time that he says, Va'et Hanan, I pleaded. I pleaded to God to say, "Let me enter. Let me let me enter this land. Let me cross the River Jordan and enter into this promised land and see it for myself. The the ultimate goal of this journey." And God gets angry. And interestingly, God uses a very similar phrase to what the the rebel. The, the challenger to the leadership of Moses and his brother Aaron says, when he says, Rav lachem, like, it's too much for you. And God seems to say something very similar to Moses. Rav lacha, Rav lacha. Don't you have enough, Moses? Haven't you experienced enough, Moses? Haven't you seen enough, Moses? It's too much for you. It's too much for you to take it to the next level and actually enter the land. And furthermore, I'm telling you to climb up the mountain and take a good look around with your eyes and see, see the land. You can practically smell it, taste it, but you can't go into it, Moses. You need to let go 
and you need to empower the next generation of leaders to take that mission forward. Joshua, you need to make Joshua strong and courageous to be the one who is going to actually lead the people into the land of Israel, into the promised land. I imagine that to be a very painful moment. Moses climbs up that mountain and stands there, lifts up his eyes and and sees the ultimate goal of his life, the mission that he's been engaged with all of this time. He sees it, but he can't fulfill it. And there's this moment where he has to let go and say, yes, Ravli, I have so much. I've been so blessed. I have been so incredibly enriched, even though it's been painful and infuriating so much of the time. But my mission was to help transform this people, help take them out of uh, their slavery in the land of Egypt and bring them to this point. But my mission was not to go to the next stage and see the actual promised land. Very, very hard. Very, very hard when we have wanted something so much, when we've focused on something so intently as being the pinnacle of our life's work and mission. And somehow we get a strong message that perhaps it's not after all. That perhaps our life's purpose that we have imagined in a certain way is actually something different. And we have to let go. We have to let go of our ultimate dream and somehow be satisfied, content even, with where we have got to. Not clear if Moses really is able to do that. Seems to be, seems to be clear that he's able to um, accept with some kind of grace this reality. And yet I think there's a part of him that's always unfulfilled. Part of him that still yearns to see this journey come to some kind of completion that is focused on the destination and not the journey. There was no VW camper van, but there was 40 years of walking through the wilderness a journey that could have just taken nine or ten days that took 40 years. Why? Because there was so much to learn along the way. Every step of that journey was a, a lesson in personal growth, including the incredible highs and successes, but also the dismal failures that each of them somehow pointed to a lesson, spiritual, emotional, physical lesson about being in that moment and embracing the lessons that we are able to learn in that moment. 
I think that's true for the people and it has to be true for their leader Moses too and he has to be prepared to acknowledge that uh, all kinds of, of gifts hidden within the the challenges and the and the sorrows of this of this journey and the frustrations of being a leader of a people who are constantly kind of moaning and groaning and fetching and complaining and all of the things that they're doing along the way and yet that's part of his growth too so in this moment for et Hanan he says for et Hanan I pleaded I pleaded imagine him sort of like lying on the ground you know please 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 let me go and see this place that I have dreamed of please let me fulfill my dream Rav Lacha, you have so much, and this is one one request too much. There's an interesting midrash that says that the the gematria, the Hebrew numerology of the word va'et chanan, and I pleaded, is 515, and that actually the midrash says Moses prayed 515 times to go into the land. And then the question, or a question, <laughs> that comes up from that was, would the 516th prayer have actually been the one that would have uh, changed God's mind, so to speak? I don't think so, because I think the lesson here for Moses was about accepting the reality and ex accepting the, the possibility that his mission with this people is, is over and that he has to let go and he has to pass on to the next the next generation sometimes we we find that so impossibly hard to really allow ourselves to let go of a dream to let go of of what we have perceived for so many years to be our goal the the climax of our purpose on this on this earth and we somehow have to let it go. That's what happens with, with Moses. Interestingly that um, a little later in this, in this Parsha, I mean, in this section of Torah, we have the repetition of the Ten Commandments, and we also have the, the Shema, which is the, the ultimate expression of, of unity, that says Shema Yisrael, hear Israel, God says to Moses, hear Israel, God is, God is your God, and God, God is one. Echad, Hashem Echad. God is, God is one. What is that? That sense of oneness, you know. And um, this prayer, or it's not really a prayer, a statement of faith, whatever declaration of unity in the world. Not the ultimate non-duality. You know, we think of Buddhism as being about non-duality, recognizing the the unity and the oneness of everything. This is the, the Jewish version of that non-duality. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. And um, it's of course come into our liturgy as something that we that we say um, every morning and every evening, the Shema, a prayer we say right before we go to sleep at night, the Shema. And in the morning, um, when some of us are wearing a talit, a prayer shawl to uh, for our morning prayers, there's a tradition right before we say the Shema 
of gathering together the four tzitzit, the four uh, fringes on the corners of of that uh, special holy garment, to gather those four fringes and hold them against our heart. And famously, the, the Baal Shem Tov, the founder of Hasidism, says that in order to declare God one, we have to first declare ourselves as one, and that symbolically those fringes represent the the outer realms of our own uh, spiritual and personal existence, and especially including the parts of ourselves that we shun, the parts of our own selves that we we cast aside that we don't like, and so somehow when we when we bring those those fringes together and hold them against our heart, we're saying, I am one whole person, including all of these dark shadows that that lurk that I try to deny and hide from, including the incredible capacity I have for for love and wholeness, and just bringing it all together bring it all together and holding it against our heart and then saying Shema Yisrael and then saying you know what God is one I am one and God is one and it seems to me in in this parsha that begins with this intensely powerful pleading of Moshe of Moses pleading to enter the the, the promised land and then being told he has to let it go let it go, Moses. You have enough. You have experienced enough. You have done enough. And so in a sense, that gathering of the, of the four tzitzit, gathering of the, the remote parts, of all of the parts of, of oneself, includes the parts of ourselves that have to let go of our dreams and embrace the, the reality of now and say, Ravli, I, I am who I am and I've done what I've done and I've achieved what I've achieved and it's not that I have to let go of my dreams absolutely not I continue to have ambition and hope for the future but perhaps this particular part of my mission is done and I have to I have to let it go and embrace the fullness of of who I am in this moment and everything that I have in this moment so I think that this this week's parsha, which also coincides with Shabbat Nachamu, Shabbat Nachamu, the Shabbat of comfort. I spoke a little bit about the idea of comfort last week, Nachama, this idea of comfort. And sometimes the comfort that we that we seek, the comfort that we that we get from community, from each other, or the comfort that we get from some other place is really about saying you know Ravli I have so much and yes I'm in pain and yes I have I have deep grief and sorrow and regret and shame I have it all but the comfort comes from just saying you know what I also am a I'm a full and whole person in this reality in this moment right now and that that's enough so we can climb up to the mountain top and we can look around and we can catch a glimpse of a reality that we're not living of a dream that is not being fulfilled and say it's okay 
It's okay. I'm okay. And where I am right now is okay. And perhaps I need to let go and just be, <laughs> to quote to other traditions and other teachers, to be here and now. Just to be here and now in this in this beautiful unfolding reality that may not be consistent with what I thought it was going to be, but that it's okay. And then I can gather my fringes, gather the parts of myself that I cast aside and hold them lovingly against my heart and say, Shema Yisrael, you know what? Hashem Eloheinu, Hashem Echad, like everything is one. Everything is whole. Everything is perfect in this new now. Thank you for listening to A Dash and Drush. 